0: Do you have any purple hair on your microphone, Mike? Or is that just me? Sorry. Was I the only one that got. I got bonus purple hairs oh. on my microphone. Oh, I
1: do have one. Oh. Yes. I <laughs> feel so special about
2: that. Oh, I feel mortified about <laughs> it. I
0: am keeping
1: it.
2: Oh, God. Oh, I love
0: that, that it actually happened.
2: <laughs> well, guys, there's our cold open.
0: <laughs>
3: uh-huh. Hi, I'm Stage and Stages Lynn Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast.
2: Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> One. Welcome back to the Hamilcast. I am Jillian. Tonight, I am here with two mics. One mic, you know him.
0: This is microphone one.
2: <laughs> this is microphone, microphone two. One. And on microphone three, we have Mike Anthony. Hi, everybody. Hi. You are the bar manager at the Richard Rogers Theater. I am. And just so much more than that. You are oh. really, I, I have to say truly, like a shining light in social media, which can oh be my gosh. so um disheartening and just a time suck and an energy suck but you are putting really beautiful things out there so thank you for doing that oh
1: wow well yeah i I mean working where i work it's hard not to see a whole lot of good like all the time Yeah. so
2: thank you so much for for being here i really appreciate Uh, it this
1: is absolutely my pleasure i mean i'm having a little bit of imposter syndrome right now like sitting on the couch where like tommy kale and alec Slackamore and Lynn have sat I'm like mm-hmm. and now the bar guy who's also by the way I'm also embarrassed to be sitting here near your husband who has made me this amazing drink <laughs> because even though I'm the bar manager at Hamilton I am a terrible bartender <laughs> like I do not know what <laughs> well, I'm doing <laughs> I think
2: you mean to say mixologist because you, I, I've seen right. you in action before we kind of knew who each other were. I mean I, I'm positive I've ordered at least one drink from oh, you b- That w- yeah. that's impossible that I haven't um, but I, well, I think you mean mixologist because you're you're very fast you're very efficient I move quickly to yeah. try to
1: hide my deficiencies so I, <laughs> so I that makes if a good I,
2: bartender trust me especially in that 15 minute intermission that gets very crowded down all there all I will say it is does. Mike
1: you, you elevated my
0: game just by being here I had to bring it <laughs> I had to pull out all the stops I
1: wasn't gonna you really in. didn't though I, but this <laughs> is so good This I'm gonna Thank hire you. you to make our next uh, drink list yeah. so you're telling me there's a chance I <laughs> was
2: telling I was telling yeah so well, I guess I'll um, I don't Um. know how to call you guys Mike Mike what M- you'll be M. Dot Smith today. Is that okay? Sure. Because that's really who Hus. you are. Hus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, Because, Mike, we were talking in our DMs. I was just telling you, because I, of course, were like, oh, my God, the bar manager at Hamilton. I mean, what what do we do here? Like, in terms of cocktails. So, I was asking you what you liked. And then I was giving you examples of what we made. And you were like, oh, well, maybe I should have you on, the like, the pun drink staff. And I was like, that's all uh, M. Dot Smith over there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my... my- my, yeah, my, there are a couple
2: I've, I've helped or contributed to, but you are definitely a Mixed Master Mike for a reason.
1: You really, after tasting this, honestly, yes. you are hired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I took this job as a quote-unquote day job, because uh, I was an actor, and... Um, well, you 12 still 12 years ago. Yeah, I do some, some acting yeah. from time to time. Very very little of it now. But when I took the job, I thought, you know, I'm going to have this job for a year or so, you know, just until I make it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I blinked and it's 12 years later and, and I'm still here. But my very first day bartending, I literally had no experience whatsoever. Like I wasn't sure what the difference between like vodka and gin was, honestly. I really was really? like that. Green. Yes. So my one of my first customers I was working at uh, it was just before in the heights opened. And a customer asked me for a Cape Cod. And I was like, Oh, sorry, you know, we we, we don't have the stuff for that. And he was like, oh, all right. Well, do you have a uh, vodka? I was like, oh, yeah. That's right there on the shelf. That I have. And he said, okay, you, how about uh, cranberry juice? <laughs> yeah, man, that's on my gun right here. That I have. Yeah. And he said, okay, I'll have a vodka and cranberry juice. Uh-huh. I'm like, you bet. And I made the drink and walked <laughs> away. And my manager was like, um, "That that is a Cape Cod. Cape Cod. I didn't I know that like, either. Oh, my God. So I yeah. went home. Yeah.
0: I thought that was a Cosmo. No, or Cosmo no, no. is also like triple second. Cosmo
2: is triple second. Yeah. Uh, but Cape Cod, like I was a bartender for a long time. Oh, but no.
1: So that's God. almost.
2: But no, but the, I worked in dive. I say this with love. I worked at um, Irish Dives and I worked at a fantastic uh, karaoke bar named Planet Rose that I still go to. They have Hamilton on the on the at planet right. rose go down to 19th avenue a um but that wasn't a place we we were making you know vodka cranberries and you know we'll make you a cosmo we'll make you whatever you want but when people say like can i have a cape cod or i'm like you could have just said vodka cran. <laughs> <Yeah>. i'm sorry <laughs> you could have just said vodka cran. and
1: in fact if the title of the drink doesn't have the ingredients in it i'm not going to be able to make it for right. you so. <laughs>
2: um but before we get too off track because i want to also qualify what i was saying about your well i'll just do it now and then mike you can talk about the drink And say what it is and what it's named. Sure. Um, But when I was talking about your social media, I just want to make it clear for people who don't know, because it's not Twitter and it's not Instagram. It's strictly Facebook. You write these really lovely hashtag life at Hamilton observations or just really beautiful things. They're
0: so well written, you guys. Yeah.
2: And we're going to really dive into that. In a little bit, but I just wanted to say, if people are like, "What is she talking about?" (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. So follow. I'm going to say it right now for the first time ever. Social media. It's your Facebook is Mike Anthony 91. Is that correct?
1: I think so. I'm like such a grandpa when it comes to this stuff. Okay,
2: it is. It is.
1: Is it? It is. is. Okay, thank you, Um, (laughs)
2: Jimmy. So go go follow Mike now. I just wanted to you know just clear that up. Mm -hmm. Anyway, hey, Hus, what are we drinking?
1: Okay, so
0: the title for the drink is very straightforward. Before we met, Jillian repeatedly heard from people, you've got to have Mike Anthony on because he is a guy with a million stories mm-hmm. oh. because of all the people that you deal with at yes. the Rogers. And so we just simply are calling this cocktail the story of tonight. Oh, I love it. Nice. Yes. I love Straight it. Straight up. Why well, make perfect. it punny
2: when there's no need to be? No need.
0: You That's know? perfect. Mm-hmm. It's,
2: kind of, it's inspired because we just saw the show again uh, uh, this past Saturday's matinee.
0: We got two large white wine sangrias mm. the other day at the theater. Yeah and they were delicious and so i started with those and i just i just built on them a little bit and if i was designing cocktails for you guys i probably wouldn't have choose this one because there's too many ingredients and i know your cocktails are built for speed right yes yeah so the white wine sangria i think has four ingredients maybe three and i have i added like three more but it's but it's that as a base and then i just added like some extra did you watch the
2: person make it yeah yeah
0: usually you guys just have like you got like a bottle of sierra mist right there you Rip the cap off, you pour a little of it,
2: yeah.
1: yeah, you go from there. Yeah, it's like it's like triple sec and some strawberry pucker and and uh oh you know speaking yeah, my
2: language I, here. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: god. I sort of make it a little bit different every time. So it, it depends. Uh, yeah. It's good. So Jazz. So you
2: are a mixologist. A I little. don't know what you're talking about. I get a
1: little afraid if somebody comes back at intermission and they were like, I love that sangria. Let me have another one. I'm like, don't oh, change a no. thing I, <laughs> Oh God.
2: <laughs> um okay, so let's talk about so you work for the company is like Sandbar Concessions, right? right. And so they uh, They're at a bunch Of different Broadway houses So yeah Tell me your story About how you got To the Rogers Especially not being A bartender <laughs> Mm-hmm.
1: right well i so i had i had um just moved back to new york after getting my mfa in acting and i was um at that time i was temping which was just like soul sucking terrible work totally. like stuffing envelopes in a windowless room mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i was walking by the richard R- Rogers actually one night and it was tarzan i think at that time and uh i hear i i had i had just left work and i'm like walking with my head down like totally despondent oh um just like what am I doing with my life and I hear Mikey and I'm like oh my god who's that and it's my friend uh Bill Van Horn shout out to Bill Van Horn hey Bill. who hey Bill. is a an amazing actor and director and he had directed me a couple of years before in a show up in Maine up at a theater in Maine the theater at Monmouth and um I was like oh my god Bill and I walked walked up to him and, and he was like hey you uh you want to do a show and he was directing Twelfth Night at that time oh. and I was like Yes, definitely. So, so I did Twelfth Night with them, and as it turned out, the company was all were all employees of Sandbar Concession, mm. this company that services the Nederlander theaters on Broadway. So we have eight now. At now, actually, we have nine theaters on Broadway. So um, I was doing the play, and then he said, "Do you want to? Do you want a job?" And like I said, the job that I had at that time was so awful that yeah. I, I was like, yes, whatever it is, I will take it. And he said, it's bartending. And I said, oh my God. Okay, sure. Can you just tell me what vodka is? <laughs> but I took the job and um, right after that happened, In the Heights was happening. And and like, I was so excited to be in a Broadway theater- I, like one of my first days, I had walked in the stage door and, and just doing that felt like magical. To be in this theater where so much magic has happened over its 100-year history. Um, I And I walked onto the stage and the ghost light is there. And I'm like lost in in just, I'm just mesmerized. I'm looking out at the big, empty, beautiful Richard Rogers Theater. Um, and I, like in my mind, I had just completed the greatest performance of all time, you know, and like, and, and sweat is dripping off my brow as I take my bow and the audience is like, going wild and then i hear hey hey get off the stage and i was like oh you know suddenly you know broken out of my my reverie and i was like I don't know it's okay I, it's my first day but i work here i'm a bartender don't yeah, worry it's fine can just let you have a moment yeah. Jeez. and he was like yeah that's great get off the stage
2: yeah get to the bar wow.
1: so yeah so I, I i i um like he was covering it with crisco or something right or or, or tax i know jeez <laughs> But, um... Then uh, later that day I was we were there because the next day was gonna be the um, first preview for In the Heights, which I had heard nothing about, knew knew nothing about. Should I tell this story? Do you want me to yes, talk about please. this? Because um, you
2: told me this, I was gonna ask you because sp- this one specifically, because you told me this during our DMs. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was like, oh my god, it's happening. I'm getting a Mike Anthony beautiful, like written story in real time. It's happening. <laughs> oh my god. It's like I see, you know, the ellip- the little ellipsis on the thing, and I'm like, what's he gonna say? So yes, please. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I had heard nothing about In the Heights whatsoever. I'm actually a terrible student of, of musical theater. I mean, I went to school for 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 acting and I was trained at a classical, um, you know, training program. So mostly what I had done is like, is Shakespeare really. And not that I don't love musical theater, I do, but I had just never done it really myself. Other than Nathan Detroit and Guys and Dolls in high school. That was um, my, that right. was my, yeah. So um, I am at the bar, like, you know, just cleaning stuff up and this guy comes up to me and he's like, hey, do you guys have those, those uh, show cups? Because at that time we had just started using these souvenir cups that have the show's logo printed on them and i was like uh no we don't have them yet but you know we'll have them like by opening night and he's like okay can i can i get a bunch of them and i was like yeah you know and i hadn't seen this guy before and i was like do, you know do you do you work here or and he's like yeah yeah i'm I'm, uh, I'm with the show and i was like oh great yeah come back then like you know after opening night and and we'll have them then and he said cool and he and he left the next day was going to be the first preview so it was opening you know the first preview was that night and they were doing their last run through of the show so i slipped in just as uh, you know they're about to to bring the lights down and and like tommy kale is up on stage and everybody's like milling around and and i see the uh, the cup guy the guy who had asked for the cups is like <laughs> up on the stage and i was like oh cup guy <laughs> and 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 then in my mind i'm thinking you know careful cup guy cuz i got yelled at pretty bad when <laughs> when i was on that spot <laughs> So uh, then and, you know where this is going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, you know, they're on the God mic, the microphone in the, in the house and somebody yells, you know, from the top. So, so everybody exits and the, 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 the lights go down and then, you know, the solitary, like, you know, beat starts, starts coming. And the lights come up on the cup guy.
3: Lights up on Washington Heights. Up at the break of day I wake up and I got this little punk I gotta chase away. The great get the crack of dawn sing while I wipe down the awning. Hey y'all, good morning. Ice cold piragua,
4: parcha, china, cherry, strawberry, and just for today, I got mamey.
3: Oye, piraguero, ¿cómo estás? Como siempre, señor Usnavi. I am snobby and you probably never heard my name Reports of my fame are greatly exaggerated Exacerbated by the fact that my syntax is highly complicated Cause I immigrated from the single greatest little place in the Caribbean Dominican Republic I love it, Jesus, I'm jealous of it and beyond that Ever since my folks passed on, I haven't gone back Goddamn, I gotta get on there Oh! The milk is gone
1: bad. And and so I pick up a playbill. There was a, you know a stack of playbills ready to hand out to people that night and 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 I find out that this is uh, Mr. Lynn Manuel Miranda mm-hmm. who is not only um you know interested in cups, he also <laughs> wrote <laughs> Uh, this show, and as it turns out, is starring in it. In addition to his interesting <laughs> cups, <laughs> yeah, he's a true Renaissance man. Likes the souvenir I'm cups. Calling him Cup Guy the next time the I see guy. him. Yeah. He's the Cup Guy, yeah. And uh, so I watched that whole thing, and I, I mean, like, I knew right away. This was like something not seen before. This was like a new thing. I can't describe like the, the the power of that show. And so I stayed that night for the for the first preview. And then by opening night, opening night was amazing because, like a lot of a lot of those guys, it was their first it was their Broadway debut. So there were a ton of family members, you know, there mm-hmm. that night. and bartending, I get to like meet a lot of them out in the lobby. and yeah. I you know, i got to talk to a lot of them and and everyone was so excited and by the time 96,000 happened by the end of that number uh, there was like a standing ovation in the middle of the show that number came down and Lynn is there and he's like doing this pose and and he had to like wait I can't remember how many seconds it was but he had to stand there and wait because the audience was going crazy <laughs> yeah. and finally like lack you know brought them back into the next number and at I mean you just knew this was a you know you were witnessing inspiration and and that he's a genius like Lynn right. is a genius can I tell us one other story that happened early yes, on during that yes. preview thing? I also Rick?
2: want to know when you finally said to him, uh, yes, cup guy, we do have mm-hmm. the like, yes, hi, I just realized I, I he just got put gaps. the two together did, of yeah. who you are <laughs> and what's happening. Mike, you so, can tell every story you don't have. This is just you a can blanket. Edit. Yes. You can just
1: edit out anything. Like, yeah.
2: I'm not going to um, edit out anything but myself. Just you tell all the stories. Truly.
0: And my uhs and ums. <laughs>
2: You're you're really. I don't know why you're. So I haven't heard about a single it. one.
0: It's a New York thing when you when you pause or at least when I pause to think of something. I assume that everyone's bored, so you fill the space with ahs and ums. No, All we're we're, we're on
1: the edge of our seats. <laughs> yeah, wondering sure. Wondering what you're going to say
2: next. I then. do you a, flatterer, Ooh. Mike. Animation. I do a coming out of laughing. I do it especially when I'm scanning the Patreon peeps questions. Yeah, I um a lot. And it's we, we
0: talk about how we circle back to the same story we just told to laugh a second time.
2: Yeah, I do that, I think, more than anybody you know,
0: right? <laughs> well, I do it too, we do it together.
2: Oh, okay. Listen,
1: I just did an interview with a, a theoretical physicist. He's one of the smartest people on the planet. And he said, um, all the time. All right. You are in very good company. All right, okay, I good. feel better, better then.
2: Good. Yeah. Okay, so.
1: So um, during the the, the uh, preview period, which, you know, is about uh, about a month. Um, One night, the sound system went down Mm. right when the show was about to the, the curtain was about to go up. So it's now like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes past curtain time. And the audience is getting very restless. So Lynn, comes out on stage and he starts talking to to the audience members you know like just just basic you know small talk like where are you from what do you do He's doing crowd you know work. do you have a dog crowd yes work. exactly and he talks to them for a few minutes maybe talks to 15 or 20 people or something and then he does this improvised rap and i sort of got it w- it was like a 20 minute improvised rap using all of the information he had just gotten by by talking to those people and the audience was totally stunned the show never went on that night by the way we never got the they never got whatever the problem was fixed so the show got canceled but people I was back out in the lobby by that point people thought they had just seen something truly special
2: they got a one-man version of Freestyle Love Supreme that's what they got yes
1: which was something I was unaware of at that point because like I said I I didn't know who Lynn was before I saw him up on the stage that day and I knew nothing about Freestyle Love Supreme or his ability to do that so once I saw that I mean I was like you know, you you know he's a genius just by just by the, the lyrics and the music and and everything he's put together just out of his brain. But what, that night it was confirmed. Like his brain just works in a way that the average human brain does not work. You know, yeah. he's just mm-hmm. got this gift to be able to be saying one thing with his mouth while his brain is in the back coming up with lines a few lines ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like after the show opens, uh, the cup guy comes back <laughs> one night before we <laughs> opened up the house, and he's like, "Hey, do you know who I talked to?" about getting some of the show cups and I was like yeah that's me actually we met a little while back and he was like yeah 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 which I'm sure he didn't remember no and I'm I sure he like, did maybe he did I, actually with a brain like that yes, maybe he really did yes and he was like yeah so can I get some of those and I was like yeah absolutely and you know I know that that a genius writer um is often keen to get notes from the bartender so I was like you know I've been watching the show and it's really good Lynn. can I call you Lynn it's really good but but I just do have some notes if you have a minute w- what if we maybe take out the rap stuff and try it that way and you know he then he you know broke into a wide grin and just <laughs> laughed and I was like seriously you, you you are just an absolute genius I mean you're an absolute genius and he's like a, a super humble guy you know but really Whenever I see him, you know, he comes in every now and again. I All I can think of is I wonder how many sentences I can say before he realizes I am not a genius. That's all that is in my mind. (laughs) Imposter syndrome. Yes. 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 Especially imposter syndrome.
2: And I totally understand as someone who sat across from him like where you are for
1: four hours for
2: a very long time. However, we were talking about, that was, I like, yeah, we had many moments as you heard, but he also is very kind. Like, I don't think he thinks that, but I thought it when we were talking about just the basics of freestyling and how freestyling just in general is terrifying to The majority of people, that idea of going up on stage and also being able to listen so well, like everyone in Freestyle Freestyle of Supreme is such a great listener because every suggestion we were just at their first preview on Friday. Every suggestion that comes up, even if it's not chosen for like the main point of the freestyle, if JMI heard it or C-Jack heard it or Anissa heard it like they will bring it up. 20 minutes later like they're just listening and always using things but of course I was just asking you about like why I feel like it's very terrifying and I could never do it and he was trying to say, you know, not to think about it, just be in the moment and the ums and the us and finding it and tripping up on that. Like that's all part of it. And then he like freestyled a little about like our toilet was broken and like whistling and he's talking about our, our walk up and all this stuff. And then he threw it to me and I, I forgot Mike, I'm, I'm telling you every word in the English language because he was like, and like to me, like Lin-Manuel Miranda was like, you go now. And I was like, I could, I didn't know my name. I didn't know. I mean, that was the most uncomfortable, not uncomfortable, but I, I remember like s- f- my face feeling hot and sweaty, even in the edit. Like how, how do I, I have to listen to this over and over and over again. And I did, I presented, I gave, I brought nothing to the table. Like Mike was beatboxing. Like I oh, was yeah. just like, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it was just, I was lucky
0: that I was able to beatbox. Cause that sort of absolved me from other responsibilities. Right.
2: Like shockwave <sighs> and shockwave like taught me how I got, I had nothing. It was just that moment. I totally, totally totally froze um and i don't think he was probably like okay she's freezing right now but i really don't think he has it in him to be like she's a piece of shit freestyler like no, i don't think he thinks anything no like that i think no. he thinks oh this is someone who like many people are they're terrified of freestyling and i'm here and he knows it was a big deal that he was here yeah. i think he's very aware oh, i mean
1: to, to in order to write the sort of stuff that lynn writes you have to be as a, an empathetic compassionate of person course. right yeah. in order to write burr the way that burr is written as a real human being who right. by the end you are feeling for yes. you have to be a pretty good dude right and Lynn truly is like this is something I can say about Lynn and Chris Jackson um, when because I I, I I was doing in the heights and then you know still there 12 years or whatever however many years later when when um, Hamilton was happening which was, was you know obviously took the world by storm yeah and they were exactly the same people as they were when I met them, like they're they were just the sweetest, kindest people. The ice machine is in the is in is in the back uh, where a lot of times the actors just sort of hang out and they would always be back there, like Chris and Leslie would be back there, having these you know, intense conversations sometimes. And uh, you know, I'd go to get ice, and I was like getting ice like one one thing at a time. Just- <laughs> <laughs> staying there as long as I could, yeah. to, like listen to. And they're like, "Why is this guy taking so long to get his I ice?" Just, I
2: don't <laughs> want to crack the ice because then it melts more in the drink. Exactly. If you were a bartender, you understand, would understand. Leslie if you were a mixologist so. like Mike and I,
1: then you would know why this ice yeah, gathering this is, is taking a very me person. so long. Just don't
2: worry. You do your job. I'll do mine. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but they were. um they were just the sweetest people. And and when Hamilton was getting ready to move into the Rogers, I ran into Lynn one day standing in front of the um the marquee and he was just taking a picture. You know, and he was like a, just like a little kid. Like, you know, the picture of his his show was up there again on Broadway. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, at the Rogers, which was so important.
1: Yeah, it's 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 an interesting it was an interesting thing to see because, you know, Hamilton was just this juggernaut, right? It just became this phenomenon. And forty sixth street was often like Almost literally closed down because of the ham for ham oh, that yeah. was happening, and 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 so on top of the doing the show, Lin is coming up with his stuff every single day. But you know, he to you open up those doors, and there's that insanity, you know, and this incredible energy. But then back inside the building where it's quiet, I mean, th- these are just human beings, and watching them sort of deal with with that was an interesting thing, you know.
2: I'm sure. Yeah,
1: I remember one day, like David. Like, literally running away Uh (laughs) down the street because fans were like getting crazy. It was Beatlemania. It's like hard day's night. That's what it was. It was Beatlemania. Really? Yeah. Yeah. To
2: be digs, like running down the street, like Oak, like the Sons of Liberty running down the street instead of the the four the four Beatles yeah you know, it's crazy it
1: did get a little nutty you know yeah. like we we have we had a we have a softball team that I play on yes and with Mike Moyes you know who, who yes who, yes yes and Chris played a little bit early on and by the way Chris and Mike are both unbelievable athletes Mike can throw a 90 mile an hour fastball I don't know if you follow <laughs> sports at all but that's like that's super a lot, right? duper a lot uh-huh. yes yeah mm-hmm. and he was scouted by I think like the White Sox and the Blue Jays yeah. maybe like the yes. dude on top of being you know plunking out musician. phantom
2: when he was four yeah. years old like by ear i mean mike moyes is just a force the, all, they all of <laughs> they them are, are. yeah
1: I mean really just truly incre- another, another reason which is why am I on this couch all of these people you've had are like the stuff they can do just unbelievable but anyway we we're, we Lynn came uh, the New York Times ended up doing an article about our softball team because we were undefeated in that first season up until the very end and and Lynn uh, came out to watch it and he and Tommy both came and Lynn had to be like in like shades and like hoodie <gasps> pulled over his head because like it, it was getting to that level and when has that ever happened with a broad musical. I know. Hmm. You know. i know what I mean? To like transcend the Broadway crowd and become this like national international. Um you know it it ended up in the zeitgeist of the of the of the of the whole
2: earth. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It just
1: became a part they of it. They had thing. to like
2: stop stage dooring. I mean people still showed up but I, I was hearing horror stories about like people like running into cabs and then you know people in the show running and trying to get cabs and then fans trying to open the door of the cab when they were at stoplights or something or following people home and just these horrible just terrifying things that you should just never ever do and and Lynn and so many of them were like I'm terrified so now guess what you ruined it now we're not stage touring
1: yeah you know yeah I got I got one day a a very quick taste of what of what it must be like to be you know famous like that because I almost always exit uh, I almost always leave before the show ends through the main lobby doors. But one night I was there late for some reason. I think I had a friend come to see the show. So we were up on stage afterwards and I exited through the stage door. And there, you know, and this was early on when the, 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 you know, it was at the height of the stage yeah. dooring. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the door opened and all of a sudden all of these cameras are flashing. People are like, ah! And then I could hear the progression happening. They're like, oh, oh my God, it's who is that? Is that guy? Is he the... Is that no? He's nobody. That's nobody.
2: <laughs> well, let me tell you this. This is not. I say this with no ego. This is the listeners. The listeners have done this. The listeners now, like uh, Deanna Weiner, uh, Ian Weinberger, Kurt Crowley, ALC. Now, when people who th- who think no one wants to see me at the stage door. Because the listeners of this podcast are hands down the greatest, they, fa- Mike Moyes, they fall in love with these people and are so, the women especially, Emily Roney, Kimmy Mark, these people who are doing jobs that they kind of never thought that was something a person could do, especially women. Like, I want to be in this in this, yeah. in this this scene. And then they come out the stage door and suddenly they're like, wait, what? Like Ian Weinberger, I, this, I got this fantastic email about someone stage dooring like for Ian Weinberger. And he was like... I- Like the, uh, like, is there another Ian Weinberger? So my whole mission now is to make it so that you (laughs) are stage doored for, is that a term? Uh
0: Uh-huh. Well, certainly keep your eyes open for Mike Anthony when you're- (laughs) You're how would on you that describe Mike?
2: I mean, just ve- just pure of heart, uh, average adorable. height,
0: average looks. Uh, no, you know, I- very handsome, and just <laughs> just keep our keep our selfie on your phone when you go to the show, and, and keep yes, it nearby. Yes, yes, uh, yes. That's have, better than any description we yeah, could have.
2: You, I know, I know. Lexi Garcia has, has been called like the the Care Bear, but you have that very Care Bear stare. Like there's just goodness Aww. just pouring out of you mm-hmm. in a big bright light. So yeah, just just sure. look for that, everybody. Nah um were you gonna say something before i'm sorry i feel like i rambled no not really
0: i can pivot all together if you'd like
2: do you have a question
0: oh i have a lot of questions okay go for it then um did it i just did it (laughs) 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 mike i read a story about a certain former mayor of new york Mm. on your facebook page i'm gonna get
2: some refills while you while, while we talk about this and
0: uh he wanted to cut in line right and i believe her name is marie marie was yep. was yep. firm but not discourteous toward him yeah is there anyone that you've encountered at the rogers that perhaps we don't agree with or mm-hmm. perhaps you didn't think would be nice
1: but was like hmm. like can you give me an example of someone that surprised you yeah well i mean there has been a lot of stuff like that uh, especially meeting people that I don't agree with. I mean, the big one would be Mike Pence. I don't. Maybe I should. The inf. The I don't infamous. Know if I should go Brandon into Victor that or Victor Dixon not. Uh,
0: letter. That's yes. Fine. Even if. Even if it.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just quickly address the Giuliani thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Giuliani, who's been to the show twice, this was a couple of weeks ago at intermission. You know, cut the line and came right up to my my uh, bar partner Marie, who's the sweetest woman on the planet, you know, Marie is just a real kind-hearted, beautiful human being, and when you meet these people that are, you know, they're sort of these two-dimensional characters almost in your mind until until they're standing there in front of you, Um, especially in our current political climate.
2: Like, they're like caricatures. <laughs> they're like caricatures. Point, really. Exactly.
1: Like like if you had to write a super villain, it would be some of these people. Um and if you took it the story to like a Hollywood studio, they'd be like, no, you have to make that a little more believable. But um yeah, so Giuliani came up and uh was standing right there and Marie, you know, she looked at me and and then she looked back at him and she had this line of people. It's you know, intermission is insane at the Rogers. And she, you know we have this thing going on on the border right now right with with um an immigration issue right where people are being kept literally in cages Mm -hmm. and marie is from nicaragua so and her dad is an immigrant her dad and a doctor by the way who has Mm -hmm. spent once he immigrated to america spent has spent the rest of his life he's now in his 80s uh saving people's lives as a doctor so for marie this is a very personal thing And, and and the thought of these kids Uh, on the border. I mean, it's hard for me to even think about right now without getting emotional about it. So, And Giuliani is a person who is sort of defending this whole thing right now, right? So in the moment, it it was very hard on Marie. And so he's standing there and she decided that she didn't want to, um, she wasn't going to serve him before she finished the people who were in front of him, Mm -hmm. which it was hard to do because he's standing right there staring at her. And eventually he gave up. And, and he he walked away and she she finished you know serving her people now he did come back afterwards and Marie was as polite and kind as, she, as a human person so he got can on the be. line He and he waited. actually gave up and went back into the alley oh. and waited until the show was about to begin and then came came back and and got his drink so it wasn't that she was rude in any way um but in her I was so proud of her in that moment it was like this little small act of resistance but it wasn't small i mean in that moment it's really hard to do and for me the biggest one so this mike pence thing right which is um i know was this big deal and this is why we're talking to each other right now is because on that night i ended up writing something on facebook and i didn't really understand facebook that much and i had i guess it was set on um, public so people could just could just share it and i wrote this little thing and ended ended up sort of going viral but what happened was um mike mike pence is a very religious guy and he has certain beliefs um especially uh with regard to uh people who are gay um Mm -hmm. and as you i'm sure are aware there is a large representation of LGBTQ um people working on broadway so when he came that night, you know, the Secret Service comes and and, and they're doing their final sweep. Every, everyone, the audience is all seated. So we're in the lobby and it's just a couple of us. And I was the only straight white guy in the in the room, which felt like weird, weird to me, you know, and I'm standing beside me. I'm, I was actually sitting in the middle of two people. Both of them are, are gay. And the, the one standing to my right, who is a very good friend of mine, I've known her for years, her name's Christine, and she, she was crying. She was actually overcome in that moment. She didn't realize how, how powerful of an experience it was going to be to have Mike Pence there, um, who, you know, believes in, like, conversion therapy and, like, you know, all of this kind of crazy stuff. Um, so he, he, they get the okay, and he's walking over to us and i don't know if it's because i was the only (laughs) white guy there maybe maybe he was uh, you know i don't know but he was coming to me to to shake my hand and in that moment like i'm a i'm a super friendly person and i believe um you know just in in being good and kind as often as is humanly possible and like we were talking about before when that person is standing there in front of you they're no longer this two-dimensional villain they're a human being um who got the way they are for some reason, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know everything that that man has been through or that any person has been through. Um, but I'm sure there are things that he, maybe he's not even aware of that have made him who he is and afraid of whatever things he's afraid of. So anyway, in that moment, she's crying be- beside me. Now, not long before that, the the shooting had happened at Pulse and um, Lynn gave his speech at the, at the Tony the Love horse. is love. Love is love is love.
3: I'm not freestyling, I'm too old. Uh, I wrote you a sonnet instead. Yes! My wife's the reason anything gets done. She nudges me towards promise by degrees. She is a perfect symphony of one. Our son is her most beautiful reprise. We chase the melodies that seem to find us until they're finished songs and start to play. When senseless acts of tragedy remind us that nothing here is promised, not one day, this show is proof that history remembers. We live through times when hate and fear seem stronger. We rise and fall and light from dying embers, remembrances that hope and love last longer. And love is 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 love, is love. <laughs> cannot be killed or swept aside. I sing Vanessa's Symphony. Eliza tells her story. Now fill the world with music, love, and pride. Thank you so much for this.
1: And he, he, they'd made these pins for us that said "love is love is love is love," and I happen to be wearing that on my vest. So as he's coming over to shake my hand, uh, I, I had my arms folded, and instead of shaking his hand, I just pointed at the, I just pointed at the the pin, and he looked at it, and I don't know if he knew what it meant or what it was referring to or what, um, but that was that he. Then he put his hand down and and he walked away. Because just in that moment, I couldn't... It felt like I would be betraying her, Mm. uh, my friend who was standing near me. And in the moment, I just couldn't do that. So anyway, Mm -hmm. I wrote this post about that. And not long after, I'm behind the bar making drinks. And my phone is in my pocket and it's getting very hot. I'm like, what is going on? I thought like there must be something wrong with the battery or something. And when I finally could take it out, there were like thousands of notifications, literally thousands. People had... Had, had commented on and liked and shared this this post. And then and then uh, later on that night, I made a video when Brand, when we had the note read. Lynn wrote a note, <clears throat> a very respectful note, by the way. I mean, yes. this got all sort of twisted around yes, in the press it, and everything, yes. but it was a very, very respectful note. And, and it was read from the stage at the end of the show. We're all here sharing a story below. We have, we
4: have a message for you, sir. We hope that you will hear us out. And I encourage everybody to pull out your phones and tweet and post, because this message needs to be spread far and wide, okay? Vice President-Elect Pence, we welcome you and we truly thank you for joining us here at Hamilton and American Musical, we really do. We, sir, we are the diverse America who are alarmed and anxious that your new administration will not protect us, our planet, our children, our parents, or defend us and uphold our inalienable rights, sir. But we truly hope that this show has inspired you to uphold our American values and to work on behalf of all of us. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. thank you for sharing this show, this wonderful American story told by a diverse group of men, women of different colors, creeds, and orientations. All of us. Yeah.
5: To that end ladies and gentlemen,
4: we also thank you for joining us and in that message of solidarity and truth and standing with your fellow man in any and every circumstance no matter our differences, we are asking you to join with us as well as the other Broadway companies around the world to help support an organization that we support money for, we raise money for at this time of year. It's called Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. To help aid men women and children who are living with aids and hiv but this money also goes to help a number of other wonderful organizations like the phyllis newman women's health initiative which helps women who are struggling with cancer and we also raise this money for the al Hunchheld free health clinic which is located just down the street also the orphanage we sang about Graham Wyndham, that eliza hamilton created and is still in existence and we are raising money this evening for them as
1: well so we and i I had a live video going on it, and a hundred thousand people were viewing it. And I was like, "That must not be right. Can that be right?" But it was. It had just it, it had just spread, and so that's that's sort of how this Facebook thing for me started. After that, I just right. started, you know, writing writing my experiences on my on my train ride home at night. I would just write down, you know, what happened that day. And uh, and does that answer your question that you asked me like a half an hour ago? I'm so sorry. So, no, no. It,
0: that was an, a fascinating story. The question was. Has anyone surprised you? I mean, were you surprised oh. by his by his sort of courtesy or his deference? At yeah. Least? Or is
2: there anything on the other side of the coin where it's like you know it was awesome?
0: <laughs> yes, there yeah. is. I there mean, is. I guess it's nice that he didn't like sneer at you or whatever, but he you know if he, he did not. If he you come not. to New York City and then you go to a Broadway show, you better be
1: prepared to not. Uh, right. Right. And ha- meet the, the happiest Hamilton reception if is, you espouse those views. Right. Uh, I yeah. mean, because everyone. What happened was when the vice president walked in to the house. Um, people saw him and there was an immense reaction from from the audience you know it was a mostly um it, it was you know a little bit of a mixed reaction but you're in New York which happens to be a very you know a, on the liberal side of the political right. spectrum there you know yeah
2: but everyone wants to see Hamilton so you kind of never know
1: right that's true
2: audience you you, you know? don't
1: you don't and the last thing I'm about is trying to uh divide people up you know i don't want to do that but the audience i I will say was you know there were a lot of um there was a a large reaction people knew he was there is Mm -hmm. the point right and when so when the king came out it felt to me like he was looking right in that (laughs) section and like you know do you know how hard it is to lead the audience went wild i mean they went wild because you know we understand in this part of the country you know i have i have two sisters and my 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 sister who's very close to my age she literally spent the day after that election sobbing yes. right she was literally sobbing it was for a lot of people a a, a trauma that mm-hmm. that a person who had said some of the things he'd said particularly about women um and and other minorities and 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 who had openly mocked a reporter with with some sort of physical, um, yeah, uh, struggle.
2: I mean, yeah, the list, the list, the li- goes yeah, on. it's just
1: yeah. For a lot of people, it was a a, a a bit of a trauma to have that happen, to have that election happen the way that it did, and people were in uh, in sort of in grief. It yes. seemed like to me, and Hamilton on that night became one of like the public faces of the opposite side of that coin. Yeah. It felt like, and. It was so like the again the meta aspect of this like they're portraying the room where it happened right in 1770 whatever but on that night it was literally the room where it was happening mm. like where this resistance people standing up and saying we do not agree with this yeah. um, was happening in real time and it was it was it just became sort of this outlet for um, for people who who were. Who were on the other side of, of that yeah. um, election?
2: When Rory O'Malley was here, he was reacting to it emotionally, of course, mm-hmm. and as the king. Oh. So he was saying, like, he got the biggest reaction he ever had being the king. It because- gave me
1: chills.
6: Yeah, I mean they they stopped the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> they stopped the show. I mean the song stopped, and you know I was I was crying. I'm not, you know it was it was very difficult to get through that number, and it was I have to say it was part. You know I walked into work crying, and and I was very upset, and we all were, and the audience was clearly watching it through the lens of that day, and you know that's what live theater is. Sure, and they stopped, and I conducted them through the da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and so I made sure that they all sang and I was kind of, I collapsed into a dresser's arms very dramatically yeah. as I left. But it was a very emotional moment. And I remember having a conversation with Tommy Kale afterwards in my dressing room saying, I'm just scared that the king isn't funny anymore. <sighs> when he's saying, you'll be back, mm, yeah, um, you know, you messed up.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And when and you know it's <laughs> hard
6: not to it's hard it was hard that day of to course that to day. not I mean. to, to not be like wow he was right mm. um, and you know it's it's still hard but you I slowly could see that the audience needed the king mm. it wasn't taunting them anymore that they were able to laugh and needed to laugh mm. at this crazed man with a, a tremendously huge ego
2: yeah. It's just, you know Hamilton has just become or maybe always was the center of a lot of things, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really was. It, it was this sort of crazy um, c- coincidence, I guess, that this show was was happening and coming to the forefront of of, of our um, awareness at the same time that these like. campaigns were happening um you know what i mean because it's it's a show about politics and there aren't many of those on broadway and not only is that it's this revolutionary show about the revolution it's this amazing never before witnessed level of genius about the founding of america and what america is supposed to be about right at the time that what america is supposed to be about is in a lot of people's eyes being threatened right and Yeah, I mean, I I think about this all the time. Like when Giuliani was there, the first time that Giuliani came, um, he came to me.
2: When, when was his first time I'm curious that was
1: not long I think after the election I can't remember exactly but I, I think that was
2: because I would think that people are also part of it is also like I'm sorry Mike Pence are you lost? right like
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean
2: it feels like it goes against everything like he's one of the people who's like I-, I just can't see that show because like people of color are playing our founding fathers I'm. he just seems the, like the type Right. He wants to electrocute a lot of my friends I'm so sorry like right. I'm passing that judgment so that's, it's kind of like that's is that why, a
0: photo op? no that's that, I think that's why the well I don't know if it was a photo but that's why the statement was so hopeful in nature like the point of the statement that Brendan Victor Dixon read was you know I hope you got something out of this yeah so Mm -hmm. I just I I appreciated that it took on a hopeful aspect and
2: even Mike Pence wasn't the one trying to stir up the shit after the fact no he wasn't his statement really was I really enjoyed Enjoyed it. I don't yep. like. He, and yep. I think
0: he said something to his daughters when he was getting booed, and he said something like, "This is what democracy sounds yeah, like." Yeah, that,
1: that's become that's.
2: Is yeah, that, that true would, or is I, that a Sam, yeah? That is that like I'm, what what C J. Craig would have said in the West Wing? Right. I, I don't know. Is that, <laughs> true, is that, a, is that a, I was there. that a spin team? Was that Sam Seaborn? I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, that
1: one I'm not sure. There, I I do believe that because they tried to get him out fast. His team sure. tried to get him out. <laughs> now this was during Equity fights aids right. So there's always a, a speech made at the end of the that of the show. Cares it was during Broadway cares. Seriously,
2: Mike Pence, were you lost?
1: Right. Right. So for for people who but I I'm, I'm I know I'm sure your listeners know what what that is that there's yes. Broadway Cares. Yeah. So so that was during that time. So a speech about that is always made at the end of the show. Sure. Um it wasn't like they were doing this thing that was you know they weren't like stopping the show in a way it was not going to be stopped anyway. It was at the it's, end of the exactly thing. Exactly, right. And as soon as uh they addressed the vice president um elect, he was the vice president elect at that point. Um, his team tried to get him out of there and i believe they had him sort of in the in the in the uh, you know the house house right mm. out of the main house like in the in the hallway and i think it was him that stopped to listen i think um which to his credit if that is the case right. and he and he stayed and listened to the to the letter that that's that was the story that i heard that he did and as you said he was not the one who who stirred up all of this stuff it was the president elect who caused right. who tweeted about this Whatever. and after that the next day whenever that tweet went out there were protesters for nights and nights yes. outside yes. and we were getting my my office is right across from the phone room at the Richard Rogers and the poor woman Jessica <laughs> who had to get those phone calls the, the, like oh. literal death threats, you know. Like the, it brought out the craziest of the crazy. Yes,
2: I yeah, I've I heard a lot. Just there was a lot of like different protocol in place for a while for everybody at the yes. theater.
1: Yes, yes, uh-huh. there there was. Yeah. It was really something. But yeah. on a positive note, you yes. asked. Yeah. <laughs> and also, something. I'm not
2: defending my. I don't believe in anything he believes in, so I'm not saying. I think like, that's clear. It's fine that he
0: whatever. If any, you're you're.
2: Uh... <laughs> like the lesser of all the evils, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs>
0: Jillian, you talk for a living. Everyone knows your
1: opinions. They're all pretty <laughs> And believe me, they
2: have opinions about me. <laughs>
1: but um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I am a big uh, a big Boston Red Sox fan. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was a kid, Roger Clemens was like my hero mm-hmm. until he, of course, got traded to the Yankees. Are you guys Yankee fans? No. Here. No, you're not? Oh, okay. Mets fans. Mets. Oh, okay. Oh, so we can be We see can be rapport. pals. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that 86 when they beat the Red Sox? 69 and 86, yeah. (laughs) Okay.
2: Oh, sorry. That, so no, 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 no. <laughs> it's all right.
1: Uh-huh. Um, so, that
2: one's uh, kind
0: of on you guys. <laughs> totally. Aww.
1: Oh,
2: poor Bill Buckner. Oh, no, no. Oh,
0: I still oh. love that about it. He, I, was, <laughs> he was great in Curb Your Enthusiasm. He played himself. Bill Buckner was so great. Wasn't yeah. he?
1: Yes. Yeah. And he became... He caught the baby. He, he took yeah. it so yeah. well. In Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. But, but, then,
0: that,
2: <laughs> That's right. But, but then another ball went through his hands, right? Wasn't that <laughs> the thing? It went out the window. Yeah, he
0: redeemed himself by, by saving the child. <laughs> yeah.
2: He ended up being such the a good sport. I baby
1: part. I just remember that he just did. It's more of a football style catch if you're splitting hairs. Anyway, yeah, Roger Clemens, uh, when he got traded to the Yankees, you know, he broke my heart and then he became the biggest villain in my little young life, you know, and he came to see the show and he was the sweetest guy. He was such a nice guy. I mean, everyone, I think, is sort of on their best behavior when they're when they're at Hamilton probably because you know especially during the time when celebrities were coming every single night I couldn't believe who I would look up and see mm-hmm. I mean
2: and they were all coming to the bar themselves Oh, yeah,
0: that's kind of oh, yeah, I was gonna ask right? about that too. If you're high profile Do you do you send one of your entourage?
1: Yeah, to well if you're, so you like, have To be in, in the lobby mixing Beyonce, up. Beyonce right. sent someone like uh, Beyonce uh, did sure. you know? Yeah, I guess if you're at a certain level you mm-hmm. do that, but I mean I've met so many uh, of uh, the people that I've loved like and and, and had some conver- like Mark Ruffalo for instance <gasps> oh, I love Mark yeah. Ruffalo
2: Zodiac is my favorite oh my movie God, I love guy. him
1: 30 going on 13 going on thirties. is yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's the gr- he was amazing, right? He oh my so god! Great.
1: Like <sighs> even ni- even kinder and more lovely than than you would think he awesome. would be. And so this means
2: I can have Mark Ruffalo on my podcast. Oh he yeah, saw Hamilton. Oh,
1: he would come. He would come. I have no doubt he, he came would came from theater too. He's a theater guy. Oh my oh, god, f- definitely. And I do yeah. another
2: podcast about your crime and Zodiac. Ba- All right, Mark, come on. There you go. Let's world's go. World's Let's mind hang mind. out. What do you I drink, mind, Mark like Ruffalo? Go. Let me know.
1: <laughs> I can't remember what, but whatever he drank, your drink will be better than the one that I made <laughs> for him. I can tell you that.
2: Wait, tell me the Mark Ruffalo story. He was just the greatest. He came.
1: I think he was there for um, we had a a um, a night a special show for the Democratic National Convention. Mm and that night was unbelievable like i literally had to say um chris rock can you move please <laughs> cuz like i had chris rock ed norton and uh ethan hawk came what? to they were there yeah the
2: three of them walk into a bar it sounds like i the know it of sounds a like a, it sounds like a joke
1: but they were standing there and 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 drinking and then i i literally at one point had to ask chris to move over cuz like they were just blocking the bar yeah. um and you know the, god there were so many people there that night and and that was a special night because of because obama was coming yes. Um, and that was the opposite side of the Mike Pence experience for me. I going to ask you about this. Oh, so my God.
2: You're just going in on it.
1: Yeah, this this was like, you know, for me, I, I, I lived in New York um, and I was actually working in the World Trade Center uh, mm. as a temp. And on 9-11, I was working three days a week and I was off. That was a Tuesday. But like my mom never, never knew if I was on uh, working or not, oh God, you know. Yeah. So that day, it was like you know nine something in the morning and I was still in bed and I get a phone call. And as soon as I answer the phone, my mom starts crying hysterically, which I soon learned was from relief, yeah. you know? And I was like, what's going on? And so she told me and uh, my girlfriend at the time was working in the Chrysler building and they had a clear view downtown and only only one plane had hit at that point. And um, so, she, so we're on the phone and she's like, did you hear? And I'm like, yeah, you know, thinking this is some terrible, awful accident. And I'm watching the news at that point and over the phone, I he- she screams. They're screaming, and I'm like, "What? What? What?" And there's like the slight delay on my, you know, that like the 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 video is streaming over the newscaster's shoulder, and then I see the second plane hit, right. So we immediately know that this is not an accident, and and uh, you know, so that was just the worst day of my life, obviously. And Heather, my girlfriend at that time, had to, you know, they shut the city down, and she had to walk over the bridge. We lived in in um, Woodside Queens at that time she walked over the 59th street bridge to get home and you know just like fell into my arms and I don't even it was it's hard to even remember those days anyway all of that is to say that that living there on 9-11 like I was just broken mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. like I was just a broken person being as uh, uh, naturally hopeful and optimistic by nature that day like just shattered me yeah. I was just shattered yeah. so and then the ensuing years of the George Bush presidency, again, I'm sorry, you're ta- I'm talking about politics again, but for me, those were, that was just a nightmare, having him as the president, and then we had all of these wars happening in Iraq and Afghanistan, a preemptive yeah. war, and um, it was just really hard for me. Yeah. And then in 2004, um, this guy, Barack Obama, gave the speech at the Democratic National Convention, and that's when he like, burst on the scene. Mm-hmm. And I remember like in that moment thinking, who is that? You know, why can't I vote for that guy? I think it was Jim. Yo, who, the it was <laughs> yeah, who the F is this? It was Kerry. Yeah, uh, who the F is this? It was Kerry who was running at that time. So anyway, when he was running, I was like, there's no way. I, we're just not there yet as a country, I didn't think. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't want to get my hopes up too high, but I was a huge Barack Obama supporter right from the very beginning and n- did not think it was going to happen. And when it did, it was like, like it just changed my my life like overnight like waking up every day with him as the president I felt like I could breathe again yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like we went from from all of that other stuff to this like poet as a president and when he walked out on that stage that night to to give that speech in chicago with like such an unbelievable historical weight on his shoulders and the way he stood there and his family and so easily shouldered that like i was in tears as soon as he just just watching him stride out onto that stage and then he gave the most beautiful speech i've ever heard in my entire life and the whole yes we can thing you know and the video made by the black eyed peas you know with the Mm -hmm. yes we can on it which if you haven't ever seen that like you google that it's this beautiful (laughs) video it
4: was a creed written into the founding documents that declared the
7: destiny of a nation yes we can It It was whispered by slaves and abolitionists as they blazed the trail toward freedom.
4: Yes, Yes we can. Yes, we can.
7: can. can.
4: It was sung by 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 immigrants immigrants. as they struck out the distant
7: shores of pioneers and pushed westward against unforgiving wilderness. Yes, we can. 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 Yes, we can. It was the call of workers organized. Women who reached for the, for the ballots, ballots. A, president a president who chose the moon
4: as our, our new frontier And the a king who took us to, to the mountaintop And, he and he pointed, pointed the way to the, way way to the promised land, land. Yes, yes we, we can, can to justice and yes equality we yes, we yes, we yes we can
6: Yes we can Yes we can Yes we can
1: So when I, when Tim, the house manager, one night was like Listen, you gotta come in a little early tomorrow because we have a special guest I was like, oh great and when he s- told me who that special guest was uh, I peed my pants right there right. So I admit that to you Mike I peed my pants <laughs> Yeah, understood. And it was just the most amazing thing And the night of the DNC That was the second time he'd been there So after the show he gave this speech
7: Politics in this country ha- ha- Have always been based on um, Warring impulses Between hope and fear you know, and fear is a powerful, a powerful thing, and you can have a politics that's based on looking backwards and worrying about them versus us, and, and sometimes that can win an election or two, but that's not what's best in us. What's best in us is not fear. What's best in us is hope. What's best in us is the Statue of Liberty and welcoming in immigrants from around the world to seek a better life. What's best in us is when we're fighting to make sure that everybody in this country who's working hard gets paid a living wage. What's best in us is saying that women should get paid the same for doing the same work that men are doing. What's best in us is when we say that employers shouldn't discriminate because of what you look like. It shouldn't discriminate because of who you love. It should simply base their judgments on the job you do and and, and the character that you display. America's at its best when we care for the most vulnerable in our society. America's at its best when we say that the economy works when everybody's got a shot. That's not just good for workers. That's also good for businesses because then they can buy the car that you manufacture. And and because they've got decent wages, they can afford to buy the new appliance or buy a house or buy tickets to Hamilton. That's a good thing for all of us when, when everybody from the bottom up has a chance at life. That's when America's at its best.
1: And I'm I'm standing near the Secret Service guy.
2: uh, (laughs) Mike just looked up over his shoulder to (laughs) to imply that they are very tall and and, so tall.
1: And those dudes do not mess around.
2: Well, I was going to ask you, what is that process like? So this
1: was the first time that he came, not the because he he came during previews to actually watch the show
2: on a Sunday because he saw Javi.
1: Yes, he saw That's Javi because right. Lynn and Lynn, being the beautiful human that he is, decided to keep yeah. the schedule because Lynn didn't know right. when the schedule was set that the president was coming. Javi was going to go on, and Lynn let Javi right. go on and and got to sit near the president. Lynn came to get a drink that night because he was freaking out, <laughs> so he came up to the bar and yeah. Anyway, um, the Secret Service thing is the the national the the, the security apparatus that swings into motion. When a president is going somewhere, is way bigger and crazier than I could imagine. Yeah, they they had to come in the the earlier that day. I had to leave my office unlocked and our safe unlocked and all of that. They even like they were like checking all the keys on our keyboard to to. to i don't know what they were looking for
2: like in like the sound spaceship and all that like they're just touching like
1: like just my my computer keep my the keyboard to my computer in my office they were just like testing the keys on it like god knows what
2: they did to to the sound who knows i mean
1: i have no idea yeah this yeah yeah i mean it it was a thorough thorough search i also had to give my my our, our names so now you know the somebody has my name and did a background check on me and the sure. whole staff, like, you know, they, they had to, you know, go deep into that stuff and, and the day, the next day when he was actually coming, we had to, you know, empty all of our pockets and we're getting patted down and I'm like trying to make jokes with these Secret Service people mm-hmm. and I could not crack a <laughs> lip quiver, not mm-hmm. a lip quiver. <laughs> um... But but by the second time I you know it was the, mostly the same Secret Service people and we become a little you know they were a, a little more comfortable with me and I was like please can you just tell me what the deal with the aliens is yeah. like I swear to God I will keep the secret just
2: tell me my Secret Service nickname am I flamingo just tell me that. Like, yes well, like what am I that C J right yes, she's flamingo yes Yamingo.
1: yes um, and he was like well I could uh, I could tell you about the aliens but then I'd have to you know the rest. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, all right, oh, all right. I like, sense of humor. He did have a sense of humor, something. But they, they, at one point, I don't even. Am I supposed to like? Am I going to get in trouble? Am I giving away like state secrets? But they, they like wheeled in this piece of furniture. Thing, like this like it's, it's sort of sort of like that size the, this, uh-huh. this little um, piece of
2: furniture we have here a yeah, piece of
1: furniture and there were these guys with like freaking you know machine guns guarding it and Ooh. I was like oh my god are those like the what nuclear codes what in that, that thing that? what is that is
2: that like the phone isn't there like a red phone now I'm going know. back to like old Dana Carvey I bits. know like, what is that uh,
1: they debunked
0: that in the West Wing I know no, the West Wing true. is also fiction but
2: right. well it's good for us to know because you are convinced that one day I'm not doing any work on it but one day you think Michelle Obama is going to come over in this apartment on the podcast and barack is is welcome if he wants to but because
0: she's a huge ham fan and she's as is as is barack right
2: and the thing is because i can call them michelle and barack that's like i don't mean to be disrespectful at all but the story is uh mike i don't know if you know this because i um this i think this story goes back like for since the start of the podcast so i started this podcast before having seen hamilton and mike um was not on any episodes at that time because he didn't want to listen to it until we had seen it so i had tickets a year and like two months in advance or whatever and um you decided one day you texted me and you were like okay i remember exactly where i was i was on the subway and i was shocked that i had i had service because i would because mike loves history and hip-hop and i'm like i just don't understand why you you're not like in this with me and so yeah. i would just be like did you know about this whole thing about this guy hercules mulligan and i remember we were walking <laughs> through central park and you were like i know what you're doing you just want to talk about <laughs> hamilton yeah you just like you don't try to like you're you're faking being interested in history now i'm like no but now i really am interested um and so i remember you got you texted me and you were like okay so i just watched this video and michelle obama said that hamilton is the best piece of art she's ever seen in her life And the next text was, and that woman has access to everything in the Smithsonian. (laughs) So I think I'm going to (laughs) listen.
0: My immediate. Sorry, I I broke. Yes.
2: My immediate response as a crazy person was, no, 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 wait. I want to like watch you listen to it, which was the worst thing ever. Aww. And so Mike was like, "I'm going to listen to it by myself."
5: Uh, <laughs> so you're not
2: reacting to every move. That was the bet. That was definitely Mike. Oh, is the Tommy Kale has the the best ideas in the room? But I'm just like, I just want to watch you listen to it. And he's like, "No, like <laughs> I don't know how that would work." I
1: totally get that feeling. Um, I totally get that.
2: And then so the whole point is like, thanks, Michelle, because she was the one who finally got him to say like okay because when everyone went to the white house yeah Uh, i saw
5: the off-broadway version of hamilton got to meet the whole cast then was i excited enough was i excited enough to see you all and it was simply as i tell everybody the best piece of art in any form that i have ever seen in my life and i became a fan a devotee Uh, The cast, man, made up of such diverse, talented, oh gosh, people that I'd ever seen. Um, The show is creative, it is hilarious, uh, it is memorable, and I loved it so much that I saw it again when you guys went to Broadway. I don't think I came backstage, I snuck out. (laughs) And then I made my husband and my children go see it, you guys got to see them. And of course my children, because I loved it so much, they were like, it couldn't be that good. <laughs> you know, the, you know how you all are with your parents. If your mom likes it, it can't be cool. I raved about it so much, so they went in very skeptical, but they came out true believers, like everyone does when they
1: see the show. I love like wa- watching people watch the show. It, as crazy as that sounds I love to do that when, when Barack came the again Barack I know because like, we're well and, and so I did get to that night I had to go in the back and get ice and and uh, you know I come to the door and there's a secret service guy there and I was he's like you know can I help you and I was like yeah I just <laughs> I gotta get this ice you know one one chip at a time okay. and he was like and he did this you know just like in the movies he like did something and you know spoken to his wrist and whatever and then he got some like inaudible okay to let me in uh-huh. and I was not expecting that when I swung that door open (laughs) Barack Obama was gonna be standing there and then I like you know a little too loudly said oh my gosh (laughs) it's a good thing they didn't like tackle me they could have warned you I know I didn't realize he was because they had set up this uh, that back in that alley is where they set up like the safe Room or whatever, and it's right near where where I was going. So I swung the door open, and it, and he was there, and I was like, oh, oh my god! And then I can't even remember what I. I remember saying something about the aliens that because I had made that joke to the Secret <laughs> Service. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, back you have no idea joke. what an honor this is. I just you you really changed my life when you became. And the speech that you gave, and I I'm just really excited right now. And I told the guy about the aliens, and but anyway, <laughs> the thing is, I just have to get this ice. But I'm just really, it's a, the honor of my life to to meet you, and. He smiled that smile, that smile, and was as warm as you would expect him to be. And he's just like, "Good to meet you," and that was all that he said, smiling. And it was, you know, it was unbelievable. Uh, and Michelle, I actually got to meet her when she brought the girls to. Uh, oh, I think it was the Adams family on Broadway. I oh. think that's what it was. And um, yeah, so I got to I got to to meet her, and she is you know just the warmest, sweetest yeah. person on the planet.
2: Yeah. So was the Adams family at the Rogers?
1: No, that was at the Lunt. At that time, I was just bartending. I wasn't bar managing. So when you're a bartender, you rotate through the eight different theaters that we have. And now it's nine different theaters. So at that time, I was bartending. Thank you so much, Mike. Of
2: course. Mike's pouring me more of this
1: amazing drink of his.
2: No, it even looks Um, pretty.
1: It does look beautiful. Yeah, I was saying to to, to uh, Jillian and Mike that this is such a great idea, uh, providing these drinks because if you have someone who who is in any way timid by the e- by the end of the second drink, you know they're telling you their deepest darkest. <laughs> like I'm about to tell you about my first heartbreak. Great, let's in, do in, this in high school. Um, like,
2: but also, yeah, I I love that. But also for the. Uh, the Aaron Clemens out there and the the Tommy Kales out there who have not imbibed. Look, right. we we still went in. Tommy
1: Kale. Yes, you d- yeah. So did you cross paths with Michelle at all? Yes, during I was just telling Jillian that she came to see. I think it was the Adams oh, it was family, the Adam family um, yeah. with with the girls. He didn't come to that. It was just Michelle and their daughters.
2: What was he doing? Oh, right, running the country. Right. I'm sorry. God, I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> Um, so yeah so that was the deal and when you're bartending you can you rotate through the houses but I've been managing now for the past like five years so now the Rogers is where I stay so I was there for all of If Then which was the show before before um, Hamilton yeah
2: good old Anthony Rapp Anthony Rapp yeah
1: Yeah. so did you say anything to her? yes this was this was a long time ago and like my memory is so bad and i can't remember remember what what was said i was and i was also starstruck (laughs) you kind of black out in that moment yeah yeah totally uh i just remember the you know you you remember the feeling that people give you more than the the actual words that are said and the feeling i got from her was just you know incredible warmth and kindness and you know Mm -hmm. they are the real the people that you know politics is such a contrived thing right like you know we know from watching the west wing that yes. so much of that is you know it's 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 cultivating stories right. to put out to the to the world but um those two people in the brief time that i met them when there were no cameras around it was just them were as warm as mm-hmm. you think they are you know they truly oh, yeah. were yeah that's
2: amazing yeah. Bartenders really do have the best stories, but I have to tell you, no one tells stories the way Mike Anthony does. I don't care if it's in person or on social media. He just has such a way about him. I just, I adored, adored this conversation. And guess what? There are two more episodes coming your way. Next up, M.Ant talks about seeing Hamilton for the very first time. We get into the Richard Rodgers ghost stories, remember, in the 100th episode when Emily Roney, the dresser, was talking about all the haunted happenings in the Rodgers. Yeah, we get right back to that. And we're talking about Chris Jackson's final performance. We get into questions from the Patreon peeps. There's a lot going on. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so, so much for listening. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon. I'm G.Penn. is brought to you by my love of the thing TM and my complete lack of chill please join me in raising all the glasses to Sir Alex Lackamore for generously making my intro music and this custom Yorktown arrangement that I will never ever get over thank you thank you thank you to become a Patreon peep and get the chance to ask questions to guests get tons of behind the scenes access and join the best kindest and most welcoming corner of the internet Go to patreon.com slash thehamilcast. I love you guys. Thank you. Hashtag team no chill. I'm at The Hamilcast on all social media, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Residuals is my web series with my husband, Mike, you know Mike, and can be found at theresiduals.tv. True Crime Obsessed is my true crime comedy podcast with my podcast soulmate and Broadway royalty, Patrick Hines of theater people and Broadway backstory fame. Thank you again so much for listening. It means the world to me. To the revolution!